This is the official beginning. Okay, so. And to you. See, that sounds like Bert. From Trapdoor. Do you? It's me, yeah. It's me. Did it get it in you? Well, I haven't yet, Scott. You know, but it all depends how the podcast, you know, it all depends how it goes. Oh, really? Uh, can you can you can you say some stuff, and we'll see if we've got enough of, like volume coming in. Hello, is that all right? It is, but you but you seem to be much quieter than me. Well, I don't know. you're the audio engineer. <laughs> the audio. I'm done? the audio engineer. Did you say audio? Oh, audio. Uh, okay, let's just turn you up, mate. All right. Uh, say some more stuff. I like. Hello, that sounds better. There you go. Look, you can kind of turn it up or down a lot. Yes, this is really interesting for everybody watching. Um, so yeah, uh, Scott and I have like basically bit, been um, talking already for about an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got the material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of our anecdotes and um, stories have sort of basically been been used up. So then there's something about photographs. <laughs> Tell us about photographs. Oh, that was a rubbish question. <laughs> no, so um, for anybody watching, this is my good friend Scott Scott Chalmers, um, and uh, you may have seen seen his photographs uh, on on Facebook and all other social medias. He's an incredibly talented chap. Well, thanks very much. Um, so, tell us something about you, Scott. Oh, that's, a, that's an awkward question. It's an open question. Yeah, yeah it is a bit, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even have to be about photographs. Uh, oh, I don't know what to say now. I am a photographer. Yeah. Specialising in music, cabaret. Um, run a little studio in Southampton. Um, is that still called Shutterwork? It is. is it? Cool. We just moved it, so it's kind of in limbo. Yeah. Because we've got a few jobs to do there before it's really officially relaunched, but... Do you think it's like a better place, or is it comparable? Uh, it's better because it's longer. So it's a little bit easier to shoot in. This chair's really squeaky. <laughs> it's okay. It's the worst you know. chair for a recording studio. <laughs> I think it'll add some interest yeah. between our bollocks. I, um, you know, I don't mean, you know, sort of comfort. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a longer room, so it's much easier to shoot in. Um, it's got better facilities. It's Simple things like car parking outside, yeah, which is amazingly helpful. That's what's great here with um, Shamrock Key. And like yeah. what we were saying to the um, chap over there, you know, often these kind of artistic things are in real, like horrible, like parts of town, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, it does feel weird that I, <laughs> that, that I was sort of talking to you over the, <laughs> over the pop shield. Hi, <laughs> put it aside. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, tell me something. <laughs> like a coy child who's exactly. like doing that thing yeah. right I'm going to move it um, so anyone watching yeah I do think uh, we need a tech guy or something don't we like oh, we need a tech guy yeah, that can do this yeah, so we can just talk yeah so you know anybody watching what, CVs eh CVs too <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly we should do like a session on that yeah but we should just sort of like talk to people on the CV you know like, just so we can say <laughs> things like what's your breaker no, CV, not CB. Oh, we said CB. <laughs> ten, ten, four, rubber duck. Breaker on the side. <laughs> yeah. um, what's your 20? I don't know, right next to you, Ben. And, and the only person that you know that has a CV anymore. 
um yeah uh uh what were we saying there was something serious happening we were talking about and you ruined it car parking in studios yeah because most studios yeah they are in really sort of like dodgy parts of town you know and i think it does actually really help as far as your um mindset goes you know to be in a nice place and not just be you know around and just people that are sort of depressed to even kind of be there. Yeah, I suppose, but it's simple logistics. When you bring in, like to here, you'll, people will be bringing drum kits and guitars and amps, mm. and if you've got to carry it halfway across town because there's no parking, it's yeah, whole thing falls apart straight away. You've got someone turning up demoralised because they've carried their kit for half yeah, yeah, a mile. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my back's gone. Yeah, exactly. You have got to do four hours worth of playing. Well, the enthusiasm is going to be gone before they even started. Yeah, because actually one of uh, the bands that I'm recording at the minute, like these guys called uh, the Jukebox Romeos, really nice guys, and uh, they came, uh, I think it was last Monday, and outside, yeah, there was um, uh, loads of goats. Goats? It was the most sort of a bizarre thing <laughs> ever, yeah. There was, there was goat yoga or something going on. Oh, really? Yeah, so at, at the gym at the end, yeah. they'd obviously had to, well, you know, the guy... <laughs> The guy said it was goat yoga. You know, he could have been lying. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so um, God knows actually what was happening there. But um, yeah. So you know, you see some strange stuff here. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think marinas. The Shamrock always, Key. You see all sorts of strange things at marinas. Yeah, sailors mainly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Stra- strange sailors. So, um, I'm sure I've said this kind of before. Yeah. So one of the reasons. Um, why I kind of wanted her to do these like podcasts really is it's just good to like s- sit down with people like and actually you know like, have like a proper like chat I think and so how often like do we get like her to do this really not very often no no there's always something going on or it'll be like at um at Giga we went to watch obituary yeah and my brother was just there going like he, stole the sh- he stole the show didn't he yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's sort of like sod off like Donald Tardy. You know, I'm watching my brother. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he got um told off actually. Like, um, were you there for that? It wasn't like um, back asked in the for... day <laughs> when he was asked to leave from Washington Yard. It wasn't like that. Yeah, there was a woman uh, that sort of like took offence to the fact that he was videotaping. Oh, I did say over video stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, even though I sort of agreed with the basic point, you know, that actually like, it's probably best kind of uh, to not video stuff. You know, like I did think, okay, well, why is it your affair and why are you getting yourself so worked up about it? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because yeah. people do get offended by yeah. lots of video cameras. Yeah. And um, she was, you know, like, properly, properly offended. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, he's allowed to do it. Yeah, it's true. He is allowed to do it. And the other thing is, is he doesn't go to gigs very often. Mm. So it, it was a massive event for him. Yeah. So me and you were at gigs all the time. Yeah, yeah. And this is like his first gig in about 10 years. Yeah. So. So yeah, having... and actually thinking about it, it's a bit of like a come down for him, yeah, because obviously, you know, he was at that gig, and I think his next gig was probably mine. He's <laughs> <laughs> thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, so I think Donald I'll stay for another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay for another 10 years. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it was an amazing gig. Like It was, actually. It was one of the best gigs last year, I think. Yeah. And it was so good to, like, chat to him, Donald, about drumming, yeah, because, you know, what I said to him, I was 100% true, you know. I used to play that tape over and over again, the end complete. Mm. And it was just it, like it was all, you know, it was sort of warped by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I've still got my tape copy of that. Yeah, no. Hey, you know, I'll trade you. <laughs> um, and now we've got a gift. Like, if you'd like to get the um gift out, it's not really a gift. Amazon balls up the order. 
So he sent it's two. It's a gift. I bought it special. Look, everybody. Are there people watching? Uh, should I go and have a look, or does that break the fourth Don't wall? Oh, I'll look on here. Yeah, but if you watch on there, yeah, what basically happens is there's like a weird delay, and it's going to freak you out. Oh, is there? Yeah. But look what I've got, everyone. That was that. really weird. Star Wars... Six. Six people watching? Six, yeah. yeah say hello. Say holla. Holla. <laughs> Has anyone said anything? Um... My, Nick Tan's asked why we're wearing headphones. Um, well, Boolean's replied for us. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so whatever Boolean said, I don't know what he said, Nick, but yeah, that. <laughs> He's right as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gone off, apparently. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I can, I, can, I can hear myself laughing. I mean, I think, you know, in a way, we're sort of like wearing headphones, you know, there's like technical reasons, but like another reason is... And I think this is kind of indicative of life, is I've watched other people doing this and they've worn headphones. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, well, that seems like the way to go. Isn't it really to stop the feedback from the main speakers? Yeah. And, there you go. You know, so, you, so you can hear yourself and, you know, like, um, well, so I can hear your own beautiful voice, I think. Like, helps Fully me. compressed. Yeah. Yeah. With a gate on it. Yeah. And so we can hear like a lot of this. <laughs> nice. When you watch like snooker commentary, like have you noticed that? That's pretty horrible, isn't it? There's always a guy going, "Oh, where's this white going?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, isn't that true? With, like a lot of things in life, that you see people um, doing stuff, and you just emulate that, and you think, "Okay, well, you know, I'm going to do that." And in fact, uh, did you watch that thing? Uh, it was called "How William Shatner Changed the World." No. And it was basically about. All of these scientists that were just talking about all of the inventions that were based on like Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, so kind of art in a way actually shaped science where like, people, you know, uh, the first flip phone was basically people trying to sort of, you know, uh, to kind of mimic do you think know, it's communicators. Do you think stuff. that's a design that's just convenient because it just covers the buttons up? Well, it could be, you know, but I mean, like, that's what they were sort of inspired by was just that you think? whole thing. That's yeah. what they're saying. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they had an interview, like, with the guy, you know, I can't remember, like, who he was. Um, you can Google him. But, yeah, uh, uh, and it was called How um, Star Trek Changed the World. Yeah. And there was a whole thing, no, how William Shatner did, even, you know, even more hubris for that guy. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and it was saying, uh, and there was things about kind of warp drive and all this kind of thing, you know, that was actually. It's kind of grounded in sort of science fact, and then you know people kind of watched that show, and like then they were kind of inspired to do other things. Okay. So maybe you know we do that like how with music. How about like how with photography? Like, have you just totally gone? Here's what I want to do, or have you seen what other people have done and go? Well, I'm going to try that with this. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's quite weird. I've never seen. Well, I've seen hardly any other photographers working. Okay. It's quite unusual. Yeah. You calling them lazy? No. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> They're like builders on the motorway. Yeah. I never see those bloody photographers working. But you never... It's very rare that on someone else's shoes. So yeah. I've never seen um, many photographers. Is that still like going? Is that... Sounds like it, yeah. yeah. That. See, I don't really know what other people do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, now people do Facebook Live, you can see... Yeah, different ways of doing things, but yeah. I mean, I guess what they do is, like, you know, hold a camera like thusly, and you know, like do that. Yeah. Well, like you're imagining, 
there's some sort of like swing from the <laughs> swing from the rafters like to get like the best drummer shot yeah i don't know it's i think it's no one teaches you how to do it yeah yeah um, and how you because it's a personal thing especially what i do with studio photography and you're one-to-one with your client yeah no one can teach you how to do that and yeah. you just well never certainly never someone never taught me i never saw anyone else do it so i just yeah muddle through it on my own you know, i think that's kind of like a lot of things in life are like that you know i would like teach you music you know i mean even though like i was taught music um you know and i was taught in um, university with music like i think kind of a lot of stuff like you do just like figure out on your own hmm. and it um sometimes it kind of saves a bit of that um process you know like so um somebody may say to you right if you just you know kind of press this or if you do this or you try this like technique and you go oh okay you know that's that's kind of saved me like a few months yeah but, but you'd actually probably like figure it out anyway yeah it's true it's, it yeah. kind of takes just speeds you up thing on things like that yeah it's kind of i have asked people oh how did you do that or how did you get that yeah what do they say i'm not telling you you <laughs> you oik uh, no no most people do give the information I mean, if to someone's, it's their secret weapon, then... Yeah. Not I didn't realise you were taking those kind of photos. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's just a technique that you... It's obvious it's easy to do. Yeah. It's just that one setting on your camera that you need to know about yeah. that isn't written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, it's the same with um, recording. You know, and we were talking, like, to the guy we were booking in your um, car. Like, um, there's still... Like loads of like hyper successful um, people like in the recording industry that you know even though they um, kind of probably know like the ins and outs of everything sometimes just like to kind of throw a mic somewhere and go okay well how does that sound you know let's let's add this you know and I think that sense of play and sort of doing stuff you know like it's weird I think that sometimes we're so obsessed with say doing things the right way yeah that you can't circumvent just that work just of just doing it over and over again and going okay well. You know, I tried this that time, so I'll try this, and then yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still even with digital recording, there's still element of analog with plopping the mic in the mm. right place, and yeah, even if it's just putting it something slightly different, yeah, to get different sounds. It's ridiculous though with a snare drum, like how much you know, say you know, I'm um, say tilting it on the snare or or off, yeah, or like with um you know with uh, with cabs, yeah, because actually I could tell I was renting this place, like I never actually mic'd up a cab, yeah, really, I don't think. And I'd always used um, software. And then if you, you know, put it kind of access or like off access, you know, it's crazy like how much of a difference it can make, sort of right in the centre of the cone or just over there, yeah. or even, you know, look back a bit. And, you know, because all that stuff, you know, and it might be wrong for sort of like the one song you're working on, but if, you know, if you've sort of technically made a mistake on one project, then you kind of go, oh, you know, like I really liked that sound. Yeah. So I'll, so I'll like do it on that. Mm. Have you ever done that with uh, photography where you screw something up and go, but actually, for him or her like that yeah and we'll not screw something up but I try to try, try and find something new every time I do okay. a shoot <laughs> yeah um, so but don't ever screw up <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's more a case of oh that's worked by just a little experiment it's sort of by moving the light somewhere yeah realising you could use that again for something and then sort of just involving your style based on that yeah I do try and on every single shoot, just try something a little bit different, even if it's just light placement or yeah. using different colours. Um, do you ever get overwhelmed like by the amount of choices there are? Uh, no, because I tend to stick with the same things. 
Yeah, so you're sort of like much, much um, better at that. Like, I remember when we did that video of Ed and Al. Yeah. And you did like uh, the color um, correction at the end. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, it was almost like, how deep is this hole? Well, yeah, you can go on forever you know, and ever and like ever. You sort of change this, and it's like, you know, some some days, like, you know, because I guess, you know, again, it's sort of the same like how with the mix, you know, like how do you know when you're finished? Yeah. It's really, like, tough to know sometimes, isn't it? Mm. To go, right, you know, this is the end point. Yeah, and you can tinker well, with things for years. And it's... Yeah. Well, that was uh, my first EP. Uh, it was sort of 10 years in the making. Yeah. And the um, second one now, so what, it was 2014. So, you know, it's like three years. Three years is it finished? One. No. <laughs> is, it, is it finished? Is it balls? I mean, uh, it'll probably get finished if I just like book a gig again. Well, book a gig then. Yeah. You were off a gig earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's true, yeah, like from the pub like, down yeah. there. Well, I wasn't sort of directly. She said if I knew anybody that did their own songs and threw in some um, covers. I was thinking, hmm. No, who could do that? Who do I know like that? Actually, if um, Johnny Moody's watching, like I did actually um, recommend him. He was there. You yeah. saw that? Yeah. I just thought that that his that his sense of sense of fun and play would go down well. Yes. Yes. Um, as would Nick, like if he's still watching, or we've not annoyed him. I don't know. Like with the headphone. It's a guy. It's like get down to. Uh, I think it's called the Cove. It's in Shamrock Key. Anybody that wants to, um, you know, like have a gig. Oh, apparently we've got to watch our language. <laughs> Who said that? That was the current Mr. Chalmers. Oh, she can sod off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was expecting him to stand up for you, Jeannie, but no, he didn't. No, my daughter's watching as well. Okay, sorry, Flo. Uh, and Jevon's watching as well. The Jevers. Hello, Jevers. How's it going? Dr. Jev. Yeah. Like, uh, do you guys, like, have some sort of photography, like, rivalry, like the RAC and the AA? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I'll no. be hardly ever cross over. Damn. You know, no. We've... That was a much less interesting <laughs> so... story than I, than I was hoping. <laughs> no, I don't think every now and again we might get recommended for a job on the Waterside Facebook group. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, see, we should maybe do like a band or something together. You oh. should sort of join in, yeah, because obviously, um, you know, I often played with um, Glenn and uh, we used to play, you know. And maybe, well, yeah, but I'm rubbish. Could, has it stopped me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, hasn't stopped me making, you know, like a fairly lucrative career from it. Well, I would play my bass more often, but something's holding it back. <laughs> yeah so for those of you watching that don't realise I've actually had Scott's bass for how long how many years have I had your bass probably 10 years <laughs> 10 years there was one time when I did uh, I mean it might actually be in my car oh really now yeah so you can the car with the window open <laughs> yeah exactly that's my whole ploy with this own podcast oh that what like, it is yeah yeah some, somebody took your bass Scott I can't can't find it I can't it. give it back anymore but it's in like good nick I think it's a, a lovely a, sounding bass. For I have to say, two hundred quid bass guitar, whatever it was, mate. It sounds superb. I think it's a Yamaha. Yeah, it's a tip for you kids. It was two hundred quid bass. Doesn't weigh anything. Yeah, I got some good good um, strings. Uh, as a guy, uh, I recorded uh, with Gideon's Demise. Have you yeah. met uh, Louis Devray? I think, or so uh, he was the chap. Uh, I think he was with Katie Cotton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I photographed him. Yeah, you know, he's a lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were recording with him, and he recommended a set of strings uh, for Jim. Okay. And they're really kind of heavy, like, steel-gauge strings. Yeah. Um, and I got, like, uh, the same pair. It was a revelation. Yeah? Yeah, like, uh, the sound, it's just, you know, it's um, really got that bass kind of sound uh, that you're after. 
You've left that one again, haven't you? Like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Like an ear sort of a past us. Oh. <laughs> Having a really boring conversation, though. <laughs> yeah. oh. Glenn says hello. Hello, Glendela. Flo got bored and waffled off. Okay. And apparently I'm a legend. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> all right. Glenn's all right. Yeah. And what am I? Just, uh, you uh, know. Yeah, average. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get that. <laughs> You know, weirdly, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, so so it's, such as my low self-esteem. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know, just glad people are watching. Exactly. Yeah. The six. Is there six? Um, six regulars. What like, six? Is it going up and down? Let's go have a look. He's obsessive with social media. You know, people say it's like kids. You know that. Five. We've lost five. five. <laughs> so. Right. Let's put it down. Put it down, Scott. So, um, what about like getting getting older? You know, like, how is that, um, you know, is it something uh, that's, like, bothered you or? Not really. I don't feel old. Yeah. Other than my back hurts a lot. Yeah. There's some days I sort of wake up, you know, like, and I do think, is that pain permanent? Yeah. But, uh, my know, back hurts at the has... moment. I don't know why. But I don't feel old. Yeah, I don't either. And, it, you know, like, it's so weird. And I actually, think... kind of, why it's nice, like, having you on, you know, there's obviously kind of, like, we, we've um, known each other, like, since what, since we were, like, Five or something crazy. Uh, I was probably six. So that would have made you four. Okay. Also made me a liar. Yeah. Well, because it would have been after my first year at high school. Yeah. Because um, I was in the same class as Rich. Yeah. How so. was he at school? Uh, well, pretty much the same as he is now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Too hyperactive for his own good. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I just imagine little Rich. I'll tell you what is weird about um, working in schools now is like when you see, you know, sort of older characters kind of in in the kids that you're teaching, if you see what I mean. So you go, you know, uh, like for instance, I don't know, kind of Alan, like uh, my stepdad. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, like you'll see a kid, you know, that's got similar traits and you think, you know, is he going to be, you know, yeah. like uh, the next Alan? Or, you know, I find that really strange because obviously, you know, when you're a kid, like you don't sort of envisage yourself as kind of being older, do you? No, I don't. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of how behaviour is. With, yeah. And they've obviously picked it up from someone else. Well, that's the thing, you know, is how how much... I mean, I've had this sort of like conversation with a few people. Actually, I had it had it oh, with Daniel Bateman, like, the other night. Yeah. You know, like, do you know I'm Dan? I do. Yeah, you know. And I said to, uh, I think it was Jeff and Joey afterwards, you know, like, there's something about Dan, like... And sort of uh, reminds me of you. Like, have you ever had that uh, before? Uh, I've had a visual comparison. To yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. But we pointed out that he's about a foot shorter than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just not observing. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like you know, I've not known you that long. <laughs> had it a bit when I was five. I've yeah. taken in those like early details. But yeah, uh, it's um, yeah. So was I'm talking to him about it, and the, uh, you know how much is nature, how much is nurture. Mm. And I used to be kind of totally nurture. And I've kind of studied some of this stuff on like neuroscience and kind of the way that we sort of develop. Yeah. And it's weird even with twins, like that, like two, two um, twins will often um, react so, sort of genetically um, um, slightly differently, like to the same stimulus. Yeah. And that's crazy, isn't it? Mm. You know, that sort of genes actually kind of control like a lot more than what we think. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Behaviour. Obviously, in your house, sort of Jean controls everything. She does control everything. <laughs> but, yeah, it's amazing. And as well, you should. He's <laughs> a rap scallion. But it's it's amazing how you can see 
the behaviour of children and how it's influenced by so many external factors, mm. even for like simple things like being tired. Mm. And behaviour changes really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, and we found if our house is messy, Flo's behaviour is worse. It's, that's crazy, isn't it? It's just how much... chaos. See, that's something, you know, it's an insight, I think, that you obviously you only have if you have kids. Yeah. And I've sort of realised that kind of more and more, yeah, that people often have these um, half-baked opinions, you know, of, you know, like, like how to raise kids and stuff, you know. Yeah. But you only know, like, if you have, you know, like if you have children, I think, don't mm -hmm. you? You know, like you can't just sort of imagine that. No, I guess so. Yeah. Because that's just an insight, you know, like, it, you sort of, you know, you just have have to observe, I guess. Yeah, you can yeah. just sit back and watch and see what, yeah, what influences. Is that what you do? <laughs> just sort of kick shit over and go right. Yeah, see know. what happens. How is this going to affect her? <laughs> no, but then there was that family that were on YouTube <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago that were pranking their son. Did yeah. you see that? Uh, it was no. an American family. They were running a YouTube channel and they were yeah. pranking their son. Yeah. In an awful, awful way. Yeah. Um, and they thought it was funny, but their child was devastated by half the things they did yeah it was in tears and that's that really weird thing at the minute isn't it with these kind of prank things you know yeah i mean i'm not like a prude you know but i mean half of them are either set up or they go way too far this one was i, I saw i didn't see any of the the actual youtube channels but i saw one of the there's another youtube guy who called them out on their behavior and he had yeah. just some clips in and i had to stop it because it was terrible terrible mm. what they did to this this little boy, yeah, they were just they were they were setting him up, like spilling things on his floor, and then giving him a right roasting for it, but like, yeah. full on shouting at him. And I mean, that's just not funny at all. No, is it? you know, it's it's pretty awful behaviour. Yeah, and it's I mean, there's a word for them which I won't use, you know, in case you know, in case your family's watching again. Yeah, but it's but probably yeah. the right sort of word. Yeah, I mean, what is wrong with people like that? And it's going to affect him as much as they think it's just it was a joke. Because yeah. how old is he? Five or six, something yeah. Like so that. I can sort of tell you now, yeah, for a fact, for, from working with um, kids, that there is so much stuff that happens in those early years, uh, and that does go on like to shape them for the rest of their life. And there's mm. no, you know, there's no like two ways about it. I've observed it, and there's just so much evidence. Um, and actually, I was having this conversation. Uh, did you meet Jordan at my um, birthday party? Don't think so. Yeah. So, so uh, I was having a conversation with him. And it's weird, yeah, because it often happens, you know, that I sort of think I've just had this kind of half-baked sort of stupid idea. And then he'll actually, you know, I will sort of properly read stuff, you know, and go, oh, actually, yes, yeah, so I read about this in a book. And I'll yeah. be like, yeah, I just thought it was some, you know, sort of cra crazy thought I had on the loo maybe or something. But uh, one of them was about that um, I was actually thinking about, like, people's behaviour. And I was thinking... Is there something about us that is almost like just the sort of like kid us and that gets sort of like encapsulated, you know, within like uh, the subconscious and then it sort of governs like the whole way that we behave for the rest of our life. And apparently like uh, there is some evidence, you know, like that that happens. Yeah. And there's so much of our kind of like subconscious programming that is underneath almost all of our um, choices. Um, you know, it comes from those though those um parts of our brains like and we're not actually in charge of those decisions okay yeah and um you know those things like fears insecurities and all those kind of things they get shaped in those early years and if you don't kind of address them in a way your whole 
sort of like choice structure is almost governed by like a kid version of you unless you actually you know open yourself up to it and then try to reshape that like subconscious programming and so if you've had you know kind of stuff like that uh, you know i mean he's going to have hideous like trust issues of people people close to him yeah probably yeah yeah he's gonna have a lot of love uh, for fellow youtubers though because he's like you know you know this guy saved me yeah i suppose yeah it's quite serious though wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes let's lighten it up yeah um so um something else i wanted to talk to you about that i think is cool is obviously we actually started playing music up together like didn't we we did we, yes, we, we did. yes we did <laughs> <laughs> yes we did uh, and like it's cool that our kind of lives how they've sort sort of um, shaped out I think you know which is what's cool about having ha- having like long term um, friends yeah uh, because even though they haven't gone in the exact way that we had planned they are still kind of in that same area aren't they yeah and they do keep coming together as well yeah one of us does get Your to battery's going oh it's okay um one of us does get to, you know, um, photograph, you know, sort of like semi-naked, you know, men and men and ladies, which is, you know, um, well, I guess is a perk of the job. No, no, not really. No, no it's kind okay. of a that's an awkward one to go down. Most of my clients are cabaret performers. Okay. Um, hope I, hope I haven't opened up a can of worms. No, it's. it's I meant it flippantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's. But the trouble is, there are photographers who think that is the perk of the job. Okay. Um, there's some pretty sleazy people out there. If you, it's probably why I, I'm not a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there are. We're getting all serious again. There are some pretty horrible photographers yeah. out there, and you can go on to. You always bring in. You always bring in a stout Scott. Yeah, you know? sorry about that. <laughs> I'm trying to turn it into like a carry-on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to turn it into panorama. Yeah. The, the cool perk of my job is photographing music. Yeah. That's the, well, it's amazing though, that you've met like Zach Wilde and yeah, he's bonkers, is, is he? Yeah, is it, that doesn't come across at all. Uh. <laughs> but you kind of you expect him to be like serious and gruff and yeah, but he's not. He's just um, just hyper. Well, I don't sort of like you know. I can't imagine that guy practicing. Like he must have practiced his ass off. I think he does practice a lot. Yeah, but, but then he's playing. I mean, he's constantly on tour. Yeah, but. You know, when you see him, it's the same with um, Dimebag. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, I just almost can't imagine him ever just kind of sitting down and practicing. Yeah. Because he was just such a whirlwind of, like, energy. Mm. But, yeah, you know, he must have done. He must have spent, you know, years. Yeah, I think know. he, I'm sure I've seen something, he learned to play banjo or use banjo techniques, which is influences his way he plays guitar solos. Is Zach or um, Dimebag? Zach. Zach. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely seen practice riffs and he's always doing stuff on youtube and stuff yeah. like that but i mean someone who's always on tour or always recording yeah i mean that's practice on its own isn't it yeah yeah and i mean like um sometimes that's the thing that some students like don't like have i suppose you know and i kind of wonder like if i have it some days but it, it, like it's that really strong work ethic mm. you know and i imagine you know that that uh, the the real kind of practice sort of to get those kind of chops to that level probably happened sort of early on and then just the constant sort of touring and playing and sort of gigging yeah keeps that all like ticking over mm. uh, so then uh, they can you know kind of uh, just stop and you know party and stuff but actually uh saying that i was talking about this uh to 
a lovely young fellow called Matt, Matt Perriment. Don't who, know him. Um, he's a really lovely guy, and um, he's a singer, and he just did a tour with Josh, you know, that I play, yeah. I play with Josh. He's another lovely guy. Uh, and um, he... He was saying that when they were on tour, it was like really calm, you know. They were having kind of like tea every night, you know. Like in his mind, he was kind of thinking it was going to be sort of party all the time. Yeah. But if you're a singer, it is different. Mm. And I've realised that kind of from singing, and that's probably, you know, when I damaged my voice. Yeah. Because I've kind of didn't sort of stop those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, singers do have to look after their voice, especially if they're sort of got a full range that. Yeah. That they need to look after. It's like uh, Sebastian Bach. Like, do you remember that video? Oh, say can you scream? Yeah. And it had that kind of like backstage footage of them all. Yeah. And they were all kind of partying, weren't they? Like, and every night, like he had like an hour of like vocal warm-ups. Yeah. Um, but if you see him now, he still has an amazing voice. Yeah. You know, and sort of loads of those guys from those bands have lost it, like totally. Mm. And everyone just says, oh, it's age, but it doesn't have to be. It's like David Coverdale. I've, you know, I've heard he's still got an amazing range. Yeah. Um. And there's a guy that that does YouTube uh, videos called Ken Tamplin. Have you seen him? No. Yeah, you should check him out. You know, like, um, yeah, I sort of love his kind of a conviction. You know, like he just opens up like a kind of video going, yeah, <laughs> something. You think, okay. Do you do vocal warm-ups? No. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. There's loads of stuff that I say, you know. I mean, even when that woman offered me the gig, you know, I'd just been sort of talking to her about self-belief, hadn't I? Yeah. You know, and then I... You know, when she was kind of like talking about it, I was thinking, well, I won't put myself forward. Yeah, oh, I think you should put yourself forward. Why have I got to be such a hypocrite, Scott? Yeah. And why have you got to point it out to the six <laughs> people watching? But yeah, you should do vocal warm especially as you did lose your voice for, oh, no, what, yeah. a year? Uh, yeah, it was, it was probably almost like two, really. Yeah. And it was really weird, because even the way that I spoke changed. Yeah. So, you know, if you're kind of feeling like excited or like ebullient about something, you yeah. Go, yeah. You know, like um, in fact, you can hear it there even. Yeah. When I get get I'm tired, it gets affected again. But that, uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I just couldn't make it anymore. It okay. Like, uh, so have you lost the top end of your yeah. register. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, even when I was laughing, I sort of, you know, if I'm really laughing, it's like some sort of, sort of banshee is being attacked. Yeah. And you know, it, yeah, it was like totally different, and it was so weird to almost have to learn to laugh again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I should do vocal warm-ups. You should do vocal, vocal warm-ups. Yeah. Actually, I think what I need, yeah, because your voice, it, sound, it sounds really nice in my ear here. Does okay. it? Yeah. I need you uh, to make me like a tape, and you can just kind of say these things, and I'll put it on every night. <laughs> you know, believe in yourself. Do vocal warm-ups. Do your vocal warm-ups. Yeah. Because a lot of people, and they might not know, the uh, five or six people watching, that um, Scott and I have this long... Long history, like, and they may not know as well that I was uh, the best man at your wedding, wasn't I? You were? I found the um, video, like, did I um, tell you? You did? Yeah, I don't yeah. think I want to watch it. No? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I don't, I'm not sure if I just want to watch don't myself. Seen that. <laughs> it's just a weird thing to do. Yeah. Just watching yourself. You've got to watch this back? Probably not. <laughs> I don't either, yeah. No. I might just say that all the time, yeah, when, yeah. Sorry. I may listen to it, but I probably wouldn't watch it. Yeah, well, it's the same, you know, when I've done like a gig or something, you know, I always record it, Yeah. but I can almost never like bring myself uh, to watch it. Yeah, well, it's not, I can't bring myself to watch it, I'm not particularly fussed by looking back on it. So I have to live in the moment? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, that's why I kind of wanted to do to do uh, the live bit of it. 
Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I was almost tempted like her to leave the, you know, the shit intro. <laughs> I just think sometimes, you know, you just have to kind of like go with what happens. And I think sort of like the more you do stuff like that, then it's almost like the more control you have in the moment. Yeah. And I think all of us, like we so try to um, sort of like control everything mm-hmm. that actually um, we almost get kind of scared of just sort of like being in the moment. Yeah. And I think it can sort of shape your whole life, you know. So like if you just embrace that, you know, more and more, um, it's almost, I've heard sort of martial artists talk about it, you know, where they can kind of see what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think uh, that does happen. It happens though with music loads, you know, where it almost, I wouldn't say like it goes into like slow motion, but you're more in control in that moment rather yeah. than it being like a subconscious thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's spontane- spontaneity, isn't it? Yeah. And all sorts of things come from it. Yeah. And I, kind of, I do that in a little studio if I can. Just try a new idea and see what comes of it. If yeah. it doesn't work, you can just move on to something else. Yeah, because what's the worst that happens? We're all so, you know, like scared of, you know, people finding out stuff. Yeah. And it's like people going, yeah, right. Or, or, you know, like if you make a mistake, nobody cares. And in fact, I've said that like uh, to students before, that, you know, if you fail in front of people that um, you care about enough times, like it almost doesn't have any like power anymore. Yeah. You know, because I mean, um, I guess some people are more scared of failing in front of strangers. I think I'm probably more scared of failing like, in front of people that I like care about. I think that's probably more true for most people that they're yeah. scared of failing in front of people that know them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but if you do that and you realise that, like, it doesn't change their perception of you. Yeah. You know, because I think all of us probably feel like a little bit like uh, the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, I suppose. Where you have this, you know, uh, which social media, like, accentuates. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody tries to put out this um, image, you know, of who they are, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we're just the sort of wizard kind of behind it. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, um, overweight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Person I like going, yeah. Have you ever caught up sight of yourself? Have you got a laptop? I've got a laptop. So I've got one of uh, the MacBooks with like uh, the glass thing on it, you know. And I've sat there sometimes in bed, you know, with it kind of here, you know, sort of double chin like this, you know, as I'm, you know, and I kind of catch a glimpse of myself <laughs> like in the reflection. I think, my God, you know, what's become of me? Why are you taking your laptop to bed? Well, some, you know, I get lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and it has USB ports. No, it's. Just, and don't you ever watch things in bed? Uh, yeah, well, we've got TV Netflix in our room. Netflix and chill with my bare boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> we've got TV in our bedroom. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I suppose technically I have, yeah, because I've got like, a studio flat. Yeah. yeah so I've got, I've got a kitchen in my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> and a door to the toilet. But yeah, we do watch stuff in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no reflections, you, though. No? No. No. See, yeah, you need to get a mirror. You know, and just kind of catch yourself and go, you know, he needs to get a mirror. You know, of course he's got a mirror. It's just got charm we're talking about. He's probably got some kind of 3D sort of like mirror projection or something on the, no? No. Oh, okay. No. Yet again. No, yet again, got it wrong. Anecdote ruined. Yeah. <laughs> just have a bedroom plastered. It looks lovely. Actually, I've seen the pictures. It does look pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when you rent, you know, I mean, there's only kind of so much you can do with it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, taking a laptop, you know, it's the only alternative. But you can still have a TV. I've got one in the lounge, you know, but I don't actually have it kind of uh, connected. So, you know, it's only it's, a, it's only Netflix. Like, you know, kind of... That's what we know. watch. Okay. 
because I have sort of found myself saying to people, well, I don't have a TV. Yeah. And I realised, well, actually, you know, that's an empty statement yet because I still watch enough TV programmes. Yeah. I just don't watch it. Well, yeah. we had Netflix and iPlayer alone on our main TV for years. Yeah. You have only... to have a licence for iPlayer now, don't you? Yeah, well? exactly. And as soon as we got the licence for iPlayer, we, well, as soon as we had to have a licence, we got an aerial put in. And, yeah. well, it wasn't really worth the effort, I don't think. No. The only person who uses the TV is Flo, watching children's BBC. Yeah. Other than that, we tend to watch Netflix or iPlayer. Yeah. Um. Tell us what it's like being being a father, Scott. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great fun. Like I've sort of got to that point where, like, you know, I kind of think if I'm going to do it, it will have to be soon. Yeah. Because you know, like at forty, it's like you know. Like, uh, you know, is that... when I know that you still can, yeah. but part of me thinks if you get older, it's maybe a little bit selfish because, you know, like if you're going to be, you know, kind of 70 when they're 10. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to the park and have a kickabout. Yeah, I suppose that's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. People do do it, though. Yeah, well, people, you know, people also, you know, rape and murder, Scott. Yeah, I suppose. So that's not a reason to do stuff. No. Yeah, well, they do it. A guy in Parkhurst does it. Yeah, no, no, but you know, um, I mean, I do think yeah, you should think about how it's going to affect them. And I was having this conversation earlier on, like oh, Joe, actually, that um, sometimes when I have like conversations with people, you know, that have like had kids, that uh, they sometimes seem really strangely unprepared for it. Yeah, and I think, well, I don't have them, but it wouldn't be a shock to me how hard it is. And and also how how much of responsibility it is yeah you know and also the fact that they are going to grow up mm-hmm. you know like it seems a lot of people see the kid bit as the main bit yeah whereas that's just the warm up if you think about pretty it pretty much yeah you know it's like sort of like getting excited about you know only like the qualifying rounds of a sporting event yeah and you know it's I just made a sporting reference two yeah yeah two in one day I'll quit there. Um, you know, but like, uh, do you know what I mean? Sort of the main bit. Yeah. You know, that you know, it's like uh, the adult life, and I think that it almost seems. But again, I don't have kids, yet, so if I did, you know, maybe I would, I would change, and I, you know, would feel, you know find those same things. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose yeah, with adult life, but then when they're adults, they're less dependent, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel so less? So I want to get to that stage. Yeah. You know, with kids, you know, like you know, if I could have one, and just sort of, you know. Give it, give it to someone. I could tell they're about twenty, yeah. and I go. I mean, you, you know, pleased to meet you. Yeah, I mean, up till about five, they're one hundred percent. Yeah, wholly dependent on you. Well, Flo certainly was. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's got only she's an only child, so not only were our parents, we were our friends as well. Yeah. Um, and she's only just started going out, sort of playing with uh, friends in the in the area. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a strange one, but. Yeah. They are solely dependent on yeah. on you. She is amazing, though, Flo. Like uh, she's super, like bright, isn't she? I guess so. Yeah, I don't well, know. It's difficult to well, gauge. Well, I don't know if I am told you this yet, but uh, I can remember because um, obviously, like I work in the same school that Scott's um, daughter goes to, and um, I was I was photocopying something. And I overheard a couple of um, teachers like talking, like I think kind of like she'd been off like for a little bit. Like, yeah. She was ill. I think it was maybe last year. 
Yeah. You know, so obviously, you know, when um, kids are off, you know, they sort of worry, you know, like they're going to miss stuff. Yeah. And I had, and I heard how the teacher go, well, let's face it, sort of Flo could probably miss half the year and she'd still be all right. That's pretty cool, is it? Yeah. 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 So that's, a, you know, and obviously sort of they didn't know like that I was listening, you know, like yeah. I knew you, you know, and I don't normally, you know, like, go around sort of te- <laughs> telling stories of things over here, you know, but that's a good one. Yeah. We're aware that she's bright, but you, because she's our only child, mm. you, you don't know how bright she is when you compare it to other people. Yeah. And sort of, we don't know levels. Jean will know it more being a, ex-teacher herself yeah but for me she's just flow yeah I guess that's like a good way of looking at it because you know even if maybe on a scale you know of being you know kind of academically smart or not you know like it doesn't really matter you know if we all just kind of took people for like who they were yeah you know it's like that quote everyone's a genius but if you'd like judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree or yeah. didn't you do this in the last one uh, you probably. can't keep wheeling it out. Well, the thing is, yeah, there's several <laughs> themes, you know, that are, that are kind of really interesting to me, you know. Um, and also, like, I'm writing a book on that like, yeah. subject. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, it's an allegorical whimsy. Yeah. But... Um, it is true, though. Yeah. But what kind of uh, the book is about, though, is what if that fish wants to climb the tree, you know, and it's told it can't because it isn't good at it. Yeah. You know, and there's been kind of a lot of things in my life, you know, that that I thought, okay, well... Maybe I can't do that like naturally, but yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah, is it, the problem with that is is it physically impossible to do? Is it though? Is it? Well, Scott? I don't know. If you sort of tell them, it is you know that's going to be you know. I mean, it's like say, um, you know, we're kind of doing say like comedy, you know, doing this, yeah. doing e- even teaching, you know, we're say like having a history of say like having a stammer, yeah. Like, they are things that maybe, like, people probably thought, you know, like, I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think that any time I've had that, and uh, when I started singing it, because when I started singing, you know, I'm aware, it, like, it was really, really rubbish, mm. you know. Uh, and, you know, because I've got the uh, recordings of it, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, that it's amazing now, but, like, it, you know, if I'd have listened to what people said, and there were people that said, oh, you know, maybe you should stick to the drums. Yeah. Or something. And, you know, and that just makes me think, well... You know, so actually, I think um, sometimes, yes, you know, it's good to sort of like do the things maybe you're naturally good at. Yeah. But, but other times. Being naturally good at something doesn't mean you're great at it. No. If, you, if you've got a natural talent for music, you're not instantly picking up a guitar and being a virtuoso, are you? You've still got to learn. Yeah. You've still got to practice. Yeah. It's just you've got this natural in- inclination to yeah. to pick it up. True. And, um, you know, I mean, it's been proven uh, that hard work can often trump like natural ability. Yeah. And I think that the two, you know, if you've got natural ability and a really solid work ethic, you know, that's when you get to the, you know, really, you know, like high achievers, you know, the real sort sort of genius level at stuff. Yeah. Um, but you can still be, you know, really good. You know, because, I mean, how many sort of successful um, bands, say, like Coldplay or something, you know, he's not like uh, the best singer or the best uh, piano player in the world. No. You know, but you don't have to be. No. Yeah, so, you know, I think kind of like what I mean is that people, they get kind of hit, hit up on that whole thing or I'm um, caught up on, sorry, you know, say like being a master and going, oh, well, I'm not a natural yet, so kind of I won't do it. Yeah. But you could still get, you know, like an immense amount of joy out of something. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, even if... Um, 
you're never going to be like an amazing piano player. Um, there's people like that have arms missing. I saw a guy like the other day that plays with his feet. Yeah. So you know, I mean, that's you know that it's mental, isn't it? Mm. You know that actually he almost had everything kind of I'm standing his way. Yeah. And if you were to sort of compare him, you know, to maybe you know like a um, a really great you know like classical and pianist that plays with you know with his hands. Yeah. Maybe he'd be I don't know faster or sort of better. But the other person is still amazing, mm-hmm. and they get like an immense amount of joy out of it. I think we should kind of focus on that more than. You know, if you're going to be like the best in the world, yeah, it's difficult to best. Though. I mean, you can be a uh, top, top, top concert pianist hmm. playing in some of the best orchestras in the world. Yeah, but you might not be a good songwriter. True, you might be uh, unhappy. Yeah, well, yeah, you might be unhappy. But like you say about going back to Coldplay, he may not be the best singer, the best piano player, but he does write good tunes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I'm not a particularly those. big Coldplay fan, but get out. <laughs> But you can't say that... You can't knock the guy for having a go. Well, exactly. But you, you can't <laughs> rubbish him for saying he can't write music. Yeah. Because yeah. it's quite obvious that he's doing all right at it. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's done okay. We'll give him a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, do you know what I mean, though? Um, when I talked to, like, a lot of people, and it happened um, when I got trapped on the um, train, like, the other week. Yeah. Uh and I was chatting to this um, guy, and that was his argument, kind of, for not doing music, is he was saying, you know, that you know, he just didn't have a gift, like, and you have to have a gift for it. Right. And I can sort of categorically say that is absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Now, um, maybe yet to be, you know, um, one of these kind of top like people, you have to have that as well. Yeah. But that shouldn't stop people from just trying and just, you know. Um, going as far maybe like as their genetics can um, mm-hmm. take them like and also being surprised at how far they can and it, you know it is honestly it's hard work yeah yeah um, and actually kind of like what you said earlier on you know you you don't just like sit down and you can play exactly you yeah. have to yeah. still put years of practice in yeah and uh, there's sometimes there's some some kids there's some some um, students I had like for instance Charlie like if you met um, Charlie I think so so like um you know, he was an amazing um, drummer, and I almost feel that I didn't really sort sort of like do much. You know, and he was he was my student. I yeah. was almost just there to go. Okay, well, you could try this. Yeah. But he'd have probably like figured it out on his own. Was that more of a confidence boost? I think so. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I think all of us probably need some form of form of guidance. That's something that I've realised the hard way because I think I spent so much time trying to sort of keep everybody almost like at a bit of distance and sort of doing everything on my own. Yeah. That you actually realise kind of how you can't be like that. Mm-hmm. I think all of us need, you know, other people and sort of groups and things to sort of bolster us along. Yeah, even just someone to bounce ideas off. Which is what was good about doing the um, comedy course. Because yeah? I realised if I hadn't have done that course, yeah, you know, then I wouldn't ever have like done done a stand up comedy routine. Yeah, you can do more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, we've you know we shaped some of our routines already today. <laughs> yeah, but that was weird um, because I think when I compared that to my first solo music gig yeah it almost felt that that probably was more natural to me than music even like it was such a weird feeling you know yeah. like when i you know as soon as i am um, started like it actually felt you know i'm um, sort of really natural like you know and i really enjoyed it and um you know i, I got some um, claps and stuff and it was yeah. you know when i did kind of have my first 
first time solo gig, you know, I'm sure there was that sort of pity clap, you know, <laughs> where people, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so, you know, it's weird that when you just sort of try stuff, like you kind of find find things that you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the thing, if you don't try it, you will never know. Yeah, like I do have like a bit about that, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I should share it. Is Flo still listening? <laughs> it is sort of free in the afternoon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, it's about yoga. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, what haven't we covered? Tell me some more, like Scott Jarmus facts. Uh, uh, what's what next? Do? What's next? I don't think there's any next. Just ongoing. Shooting bands mainly. That's my focus at the moment. Have you got any like goals, maybe outside of photography, that you sort of wish that you'd done or want to do? Uh, I I don't know if I've got goals, but I'm kind of I follow um, someone on Facebook. Her name's Andrea Joseph. She's a artist from Manchester. Yeah, and she just sketches, and I look at them and think, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Um. So I was, I'm probably just going to start just. Drawing bits and bobs. Flo yeah. started doing it um, the other night. She she drew a shoe. Just yeah. She copied my shoe that I was wearing, and then she drew a guitar on a separate page. Yeah. And I th- thought you know I might join her in that. And just try things out and see if I can do it. And yeah, man, that's great. I think I used to be okay at drawing. Yeah. And Jean's really good at art. Well, I remember like didn't you do it was like art or something at like Tottenham College or like have I imagined that? It was, I like, did graphic uh, design or... the graphic designs. That's right. Yeah. Pay doubles. And then you did my, bro- you did my brother's like denim jacket. I did do like that. The Megadeth. Yeah, I'm not sure if we could do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was-, that was awesome. That was actually quite cool. Actually, I forgot about that. I think he actually had that um, up until uh, up until they moved out of Alberta. What? He's got rid of it. Uh, I think so. Yeah. How rude. I think so. I was just checking. It was still on. Is he going? Is there anybody watching? I can. Can you see? I can't see. Him. My eyesight's not that good, even with glasses on. Yeah, that's why I asked you. <laughs> you know, in the vain hope that you know you're. I'll have a look on here. Okay. I like how we're sort of really interested in it. You know, like that um, somehow like validates us. You know, let's have a look. I mean, we're having a good two. Convers- see, we're having a good conversation, Scott. So yeah. you know, shouldn't matter whether other people are watching. Yeah. Is there any um comments? Um, just Jean. The answers to questions we said ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jean about the wedding video. Yeah, what she said about it. She says you wouldn't want to watch it either. It was just a day. Okay. It was a good day. Fuck me, right? <laughs> I just, it was just also 17 it. years ago, would you believe? I know, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of those things as well with, um, you know, like probably didn't um, tell you, like, you know, on the time, but um, it was probably kind of one of like uh, the first times outside of maybe school or something like that I'd done real, you know, like public speaking. Yeah. You know, so actually, like, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty, like, nerve-wracking for me. Yeah, I don't think I would have done it. Yeah. And I can sort of, I remember the feeling almost kind of more than kind of what I said. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of jokes even then, you know, I seem to remember kind of saying something about the uh, the stag do, you know, and sort of Scott wants me, like, uh, to forward his apology to uh, the Forestry Commission, <laughs> and we all hope the cow makes a speedy recovery. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that one. So, so yeah, it was always, you know sort of you know coming up with crazy crazy stuff born comedian that yeah well I mean 
you know, maybe like it's sort of like a natural thing. I don't know, like you know, or maybe like it's because uh, you know you sort of grow to be funny. You know, we all kind of play to our like strengths, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you are always making jokes, and they're they are anecdotes. They're not yeah one liners. Yeah, I did actually try kind of to do some one liners like on the course. It, it, um, you know, as one of the um, components. Yeah, and you know, it's not really for me. It doesn't strike me as your sort of thing. No, uh, I did one. Um, which I can like share if you want. I mean, okay. it's not good, you know. I probably won't ever use it again. Okay. Um, we were told that we had to find some sort of idioms or, you know, just some sort of like cliche saying, you know. Yeah. And actually sort of try to make it both um, figurative and literal. And, like, and they're kind of uh, the best sort of like one-liners apparently. Uh, so I was given skin of my teeth. You know, you say, you know, yeah. oh, I've got through it with, you know, with the skin of my teeth. And I came up with... Um, that a friend of mine, you know, won like a the Guinness World Record of a world's freakiest mouth. He won it by the skin of his teeth. It's that reaction, like, is why I, you know, you know I'm not going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And uh, the other but one. But I'm not a big fan of one liners anyway. Um, and there was another one uh, that was. Uh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was working in a Mexican restaurant and I gave up that job, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. I made one more takeaway and said, that's a wrap. Paul. That's awful. <laughs> it's true. It's like no, a child's joke, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's yeah. what one-liners are, though, aren't yeah. they? They're children's yeah. jokes. Um, well, like, I do really like uh, the Tim Vine joke, um, you know, uh, that basically kind of inspired uh, the name of this um, podcast, you know, because I walked into some friends the other day and said, we were talking about you. I said, you disgust me. And they said, yes, we did. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, at least on like a Tim Vine classic, you know, I like got the same response. So, yeah. You know, you know, I, I, I could take that to I the grave. with one-liners. I've never really liked one-liner comedians. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of uh, the one that I've got probably that is closest to that and I think is funny is uh, the Groupon one, you know, which I won't say because you yeah. know, I sort of don't want, you know, how to ruin it. Yeah, but that wasn't one-liner, was it? Well, not as such, no. No, like, it's a... Yeah. It's, it's an anecdote, isn't it, effectively? Yeah. Yeah. Just not necessarily um, real. It's not true. Yeah, I was gonna Yeah, because yeah, actually a sort of a lot of the um stuff, you know, that I've come up with is is stuff that um like could have been real but isn't. Yeah. You know. Um and actually on the um comedy course, like I was almost sort of saying to people, Yeah, like it did happen. Yeah. You know, just to kind of see, you know, like what the reaction would be. And it's kinda of what I've noticed, a good way of sort of checking out like if things are funny is to say it to people you know, kind of outside of a sort of comedy thing, yeah. you know, so just kind of um, say it to people like as if it did happen to you. Mm-hmm. And and you realise there's a, you know, there's a huge element of acting in that. Yeah. You know, like, so um, you're always kind of, you know, almost saying it happened. Yeah. You know, like kind of uh, the yoga one that you know, I'm going to um, share with you in off air, um, is it's kind of two things that sort of happened, you know, but sort of put like into like a routine. Right. Yeah, um, you know, about sort of the differences between men and women. But, um, you know, like it's taking sort of pockets of truth, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, which I'm sure, you know, all comedians do. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do, yeah. 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 And uh, and just trying to see the sort of like funny side in it. Yeah. Yeah, because even with the, the um, stammer, you know, um, and I mean, sort of like this again is a true story, you know, it's going to ruin a, 
sort of the bit from my own routine, you know, if anybody sees it, but is when you get a blockage at really inopportune moments. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and again, sort of, sort of and this is a true one. Um, I went down to Cornwall okay, to see a friend and I met his uh, fiance and I hadn't ever met her. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of the first time and I was like staying overnight. Um, and like, you know, the phrase, I'm going to eat you out of house and home. Yeah. Okay. So I was in her kitchen and I basically, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I basically said, I'm looking forward to eating you out and then stopped there. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like how awkward, but sort of to make kind of matters worse, you know, um, when you get a blockage, you start kind of doing this, like, like that, <laughs> you know, so, so essentially I said to her, you know, I'm looking forward to eating you out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm going to turn sort of that into like a bit of the routine, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been others, you know, where you sort of stop like at really awkward, awkward moments. Yeah. You know, like I once sort of like said to my boss, you know, that... Um, you know, I kind of wanted to say that I was going to enter her into this competition. Yeah. But I said, you know, you know, oh, I really want to enter you. And then kind of got, you know, a blockage there. Yeah. And it's just too kind of like long a pause to sort of back away from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, have you got any routines I can nick? Uh, no, I'm rubbish at comedy. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember jokes. Next subject. Uh... Ask me something. Ask you something? Yeah. I'm going to ask about your EP. Uh, How much have you done of it? Have you done any of it? Yeah, yeah I have, yeah, I have. Uh, it's, it's probably about 70% done. Yeah? Yeah, and the um, problem is, is, um, I mean, I'd almost finished it and all that stuff with how my voice happened. Yeah. And I think because certain bits have changed in my voice now, that I, you know... I think there's a fear of kind of, um, of kind of going right. I'm going to do kind of these songs, and it's going to be the like finished product now. Yeah. Because some of the new songs I've written since, you know, that I don't want to put on the second DP. Right. And I think, you know, kind of maybe sort of what you're um, getting getting from this um, conversation, because like, I'm quite obstinate. You know, I've realised. Yeah. And if I kind of want to do something, I just you know I just do it. Mm-hmm. And even if other people say, oh, you know, you should do this, I think, well, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I've kind of written songs since that probably kind of work with my voice better now as it is. Yeah. But because I had an idea of what I wanted uh, the second EP to do, like, you know, it's still going to be that. Yeah. And I'm not going uh, to change that. Have you recorded the vocals already for it? So I've got I've got uh, the guide vocals for it. Right. And weirdly, like, uh, the guide vocals, like, were pretty good. Yeah. So when, when I've sort of uh, compared it, like, to the vocals that I've recorded... Um, now I can hear that they're not as good as I want them to be. Right. And that's probably what stopped me from doing it. Can you get to what it was? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's just, you know, um, I mean, if I was like to play it to you, you'd, you'd probably go, well, you know, sounds the same. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, like it's probably just some weird kind of mental thing. Maybe. Yeah. Going back to what you're saying, is give yourself a deadline and stop fiddling with it, perhaps. <laughs> My if- mum said that to me when I was a lad. <laughs> But if you listen to it and you know you want to just try, tweak this or tweak that, but you've already said you think the vocals are good already, yeah, are you just delaying it? Probably because you're if you're writing new material, which will probably end up being a third EP, you're just queuing them all up, aren't you? Yeah, um, I mean, like it's really weird, um, and that's what I was saying to you earlier on about kind of asking about 
you're sort of you know getting older and stuff yeah if, if it's something that bothers you or if it's something that you just naturally you know sort of like gone along with well you know we have to don't we you know anyway. yeah, yeah a lot of choice in it yeah but um i think one of the things that i've kind of start start i'm um, started i'm thinking about is that life doesn't say pan out as you kind of thought it would mm-hmm. i think i realized which i probably like said to you kind of before like i didn't plan anything after like 36 really because kind of uh, my dad like dying at that age right yeah and i think sort of like subconsciously it kind of like programmed me to not really um think of life after that point yeah you know so i sort of lived the way i did and kind of made other choices i made um because i think i had just assumed i wasn't going to get past that point yeah and when I did, you know, when I turned them 37, it was this really kind of weird age of going, okay, well, maybe like I will like have a future then. Yeah. Um, so, and you kind of look back to where you kind of thought you were going to be mm-hmm. and then sort of where you are, you know, and I'm not saying it's a problem, you know, like I really enjoy like teaching and everything, yeah. you know, and I've kind of really enjoyed, you know, doing this some um, comedy stuff and also, you know, this acting course yeah. I'm doing now, you know, it's been sort of really good fun. And I think I am somebody that just needs to be, you know, sort of constantly kind of trying, trying like new things. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes, you know, to sort of music and everything, you know, I think you probably always assumed that you'd maybe be somewhere like at a certain point. Yeah. So one of the hard things, you know, was sort of releasing uh, music and you know, sort of recording and, and stuff is what's the end goal? Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying like I don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. but you know, when you're sort of 20, you know, like in your first kind of few bands, yeah. And obviously, you know, when I'm playing playing for Josh, you know, like, and he's really, you know, like he's really the proactive, like, in making his move. Yeah. You can kind of like see why. Mm-hmm. But you know, you think, well, you know, it's maybe a sort of a defeatist thing uh, to say, but you know, like there probably won't be some huge end goal right. now. Yeah. So it it is. I wouldn't say it's coping with a loss, but you, but you do have to cope with that path that you thought I was going to be there, kind of maybe not being. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. I think. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Does it matter though? That's the real thing. Well, I don't think it does really. No. But you know, like it's just a weird thing to sort of comprehend. I mean, I sent a message out to John actually ages ago, John um, Tufnell. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, because again, you know, I was kind of curious, like. Oh, where his mind was. Yeah. You know, and also, kind of, you know, so friends that are sort of like similarish age, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think it's kind of really interesting, you know, that we're so open about these. Yeah. Kind of, you know, thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So what was your end goal then? Do, do you well, think? I guess, you know, like we, you know, you kind of think, you know, be a successful get, musician. Then. Yeah. You're going to get signed and you're going to be playing, yeah. you know, sort of Wembley. Well, and Does anyone get signed in any nowadays? Um, I mean, they Other do, but yeah, it's pretty rare, isn't the it? The lucky like, few that get yeah. snapped up by Sony or whatever. Yeah, because I guess it's a double-edged sword. Like, uh, the good thing is, you know, you can kind of get music out there now. Yeah. You know, without any, you know, middleman. Yeah, you can do anything and yeah, you can put it on Spotify yeah. and be out there Yeah, without having... I'm on Spotify, Mike Vaughan Music. <laughs> um, board the Rocket Ship EP. Uh, ScottChalmersPhotography.co.uk Thanks very much. It's all right. I'm just, you know, plug plug for us both there. But yeah, I mean, loads of people I work with, musicians, they self-release stuff now. Yeah. I, I think anyone can release music at any time. You do one song at a time. And... Yeah. Yeah, but it is dichotomous, is it not? I don't know what that means. Well, so 
you know, it's like a double-edged sword. So on one side, it's great. Yeah. But on the other, there's so much out there. Yeah. That, you know, it's hard to, you know, to kind of push yourself above everybody. Yeah, but that's always been the case, though, isn't yeah, it? As much yeah, as you're right. Whilst it's easy to get your music out there now. Yeah. I think 25 years ago. Yeah. There might not have been so much competition, but you still couldn't get your stuff out there. Yeah. Okay, do you remember Tomb? I do remember Tomb. I found, uh, I think Dan had sent over over Manumission ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I found it, and I played it like a to Rich recently. Terrible production, isn't it? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That was 40 quid wasted. Do you remember? Slow. Slow. But, um, yeah, so, like, the whole thing with kind of our recording... And releasing it's when you know when you're in a band i suppose there's other people you know to sort of spur you on you know but i think yeah. when you're doing it on your own you know there are times you think you know have i got the energy for this yeah you know and if you kind of organize a gig and you have to go through that whole thing of you know kind of getting getting people there yeah and i think it's something that like you know because obviously uh you know, you sort of don't want to sort of dampen kind of other people's ambitions, mm-hmm. you know. So I always try to be kind of really sort of positive about it. But, like, um, I think it's only something that you understand when you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Just when you sort of, like, get on the merry-go-round again, you think, oh, God, you know, you know, I yeah. remember this. Yeah. And you've got that feeling, you know, of having done it so many times. Yeah. And it is hard, isn't it? You know, sort of trying to get people to kind of give a shit. Yeah, really is. Yeah. I think musicians have it worse at the moment. Just yeah. getting people to come to a gig, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. Uh, getting sort of more than just your family there. Yeah. And filling up a even a small venue. Because I guess that's what's good, though, with social media, though, isn't it? Like, if you look at... Um, uh, did you see that guy that did Everyone Wants to Rule the World on uh, the Hammer Dulcimer? No. So, it, like, it was this really con- kind of viral video. It had, you know, like 60 million views or something. Yeah. And... Um, sometimes your whole kind of trajectory can change with one yeah. uh, viral video. Mm-hmm. And I had done a course uh, with this lady that's called Carrie Cole, and uh, she does, you know, sort of like music mentoring, and it was about, you know, sort of social media yeah. um, kind of like presence, you know, and sort yeah. of promoting yourself. And this guy like did it as well, okay. Um, and I remember him, you know, because it was such sort of like a strange instrument. And I think, you know, when I went to his page, he had kind of similar to me about, you know, sort of three, four hundred likes or something. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I kind of saw this video and I was like, mad, it's that guy. Yeah. Okay. And now he's got, you know, I don't know how many thousands. Mm. And this, you know, like the video was viewed, yeah, like 60 million times. Yeah. And it was much for the fact that he's just like a family man. Yeah. And he's got, um, you know, like in the video, like he's got like a raccoon. It sort of comes in the family, you know, like in, you know, like you sort of play, playing with a raccoon and they've got, you know, like uh, the kids in the garden, and it, you know, it's just like a regular, like family man. Yeah. And that's kind of changed his life, just that one video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many people get a viral video though for something like that? It's so hard to... I mean, um, yeah, I'd agree, but it's probably easier to get that than to get signed now. Probably. Yeah. But then not many people are getting signed really, are they? Well, I'm just going to go and steal a raccoon. <laughs> balls to it yeah because like when I did that bloody blue um, Christmas video yeah you know, it's the most viewed thing that I've ever done well it's unique isn't it it's standing out isn't it well um, you know I certainly looked unique in it yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah so I think I'm going to try to use comedy more yeah and actually when I did like Sean's video I did you see like uh, the drum video I did uh, for Sean McGowan's 
Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, video, no. You know, like I sort of tried to kind of incorporate humour yeah. in it. And I think, you know, because all of us, um, and actually, you know, I'm having an epiphany, Scott, that maybe, you know, it's like, you know, it's like uh, the Renaissance man or, yeah. or woman where, you know, you're not just a painter, you know, like you have kind of many, you know, different things. And maybe we're seeing sort of like a big resurgence of that mm -hmm. where, you know, you take all of the things that you do and then kind of put that into like a package. Yeah. So, you know, say music, the comedy or, you know, a sort of photograph skills or sort of audio visual skills. Yeah. And then, you know, you put all of that into one package. Yeah. And then sell it to the world. Well, a few people do do that, don't they? Yeah. And go, why doesn't everyone else think I'm as great as I think I yeah. am? Come well, on, like my can we, page. Can we name drop him for the third time? So that's okay. what Grant does. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, but he does. He, he does. Yeah. He's comedy, put comedy and music. Well, absolutely, yeah. Together, at the same time. Yeah, see, he sort of does it like in a very, um, a very like different way than I would. Yeah. In the fact that, like, I quite like doing it as part of kind of like the videos and that side yeah. of thing, but I think. I'm quite keen to keep my kind of music as it is. You know, I sort yeah. of don't want to change that and kind of make the music. I wouldn't say like a, his is light-hearted, but you know, it's a, it's a different like tone, isn't it? Yeah, well, his yeah. music. I mean, a lot of his stuff's political, isn't it? And it's yeah, satirical stuff. So, yeah, I mean, his music it's almost uh, background to a monologue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's always he's always playing his own backing music. Yeah. Whereas music is your main vehicle yeah and you know like i mean uh i heard a saying once that said uh, music should either move you or make you want to move yeah and i think probably i'm more from the sort of move you side of things mm -hmm. you know, when you hear like a great song and like the world kind of stands still and you think wow that yeah so you, like you can't really do that with comedy you know or if somebody did i mean you know yeah you know find that guy for me <laughs> you know and i'll marry him but yeah, you know, you know, I just kind of really like um, to kind of keep those two things separate. But, yeah. But you know, I mean, you can use it because that was what I thought was also funny about like the Blue Home Christmas video. Like, is I, you know, I actually didn't do anything funny in it. It you was know, just funny in I was itself. Painted blue. Yeah. yeah. And then like uh, the uh, the saucepan like um, drum fill. Yeah. You, you know, it, you know, it just sort of came to me. You know, it was like four in the morning or something. Yeah. And I was like, I know what this song needs. How long does it take to get off? Eh? How long did it take to get the blue off? Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's, these days they're surprisingly quick. But the blue, um, like it took, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's at least half an hour. I think. <laughs> yeah, of you know, constant half an hour. of I'm not sure I should have done that. Yeah, it's constant scrubbing in the shower. Yeah, yeah, and actually having to like, scratch a little bit. Yeah, because it was two coats. Two coats. Yeah, because it looked quite like thin at first. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, you know, in for a penny. Because <laughs> I was just going to do my face. Yeah. And then, you know, because I'd taken my um, shirt off, because uh, obviously, you know, like, yeah, I had a, hadn't um, planned it through, which is a theme in my work, okay? Um, and I was going to put on a T-shirt, but yeah. of course I just painted my face blue, so I thought, well, I can't really do that now. And then oh, I so you had to go all in. Yes, and then I sort of saw myself, you know, just a blue face. I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so then I just kind of painted myself blue. It was, uh, you know, like, um, as I was doing it, I was sort of chuckling to myself. Yeah. But, um, like, do you want to be in the next one? 
I think oh. I'm going to do something uh, for next Christmas. Like maybe have like a whole kind of band of blue, blue people. You reckon? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. You know, and just go, yeah, just go like high budget with it. <laughs> All stops pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Do you know where that saying comes from? It's trains, isn't it? Uh, it's to do with organs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they pull those like stops out, and the sound is kind of like bigger. So bigger, right? Yeah. Uh, I discovered that on the one show. Yeah. Yeah. Education so as well. Fact. Yeah. yeah. So you, Fun fact. So you're learning. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we haven't covered, Scott? Uh, oh, I don't know. New music? You found any lately? Well, I mean, I think uh, because I've been doing this um, so far, like thing. Yeah. I think I've. I think. I'm almost getting re-inspired by these sort of like younger acts that I'm seeing sort of coming like through that, you know, maybe aren't sort of like known of as such, mm-hmm. but just have really good songs. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh, obviously, and um, like other guys I'm working with, other Jukebox Romeos, I really like what they're doing. It's, it's kind of, you know, I think you would as well, actually. Yeah. It's kind of... You know, it's got sort of elements of the stuff that we sort of grew up listening to. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, have you heard Slash's album now with Miles Kennedy? Uh, bits and bobs of it, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's a bit like that. Yeah. And um, Dom's voice, you know, he's got like a really good good range. Okay. And yeah, which is great. And uh, and also, have you heard of a band called Wild Front? No. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah? Um, Local? Yeah, yeah. They're, um, and a few friends are in that band. Like, they're really good. Uh, have, you, have you heard of Jack Williams? Nope. Uh, were you at my first EP launch? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, did you see like uh, the lad that opened it? I probably did, but I can't remember. Okay, yeah. So that was Jack, and and he um sings in the band. Yeah. And um, what's good is they're all sort of our producers and play sort of other instruments. Yeah. So they're really good. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, just loads of you know really kind of like solid like songwriters. Yeah. But band-wise, I mean, you know, like I'm probably like well out of it now. Yeah. Educate me. I don't know. I don't, I've struggled to find new music that I've really enjoyed this year. Yeah. I've listened to bits of Bob's. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. New Out the Driving album came out after 17 years. I put that on. And like, oh. <laughs> yeah. There was, it was a band that's had such a big break, and they come back and went, oh, they've had 17 years to get us right. And do you think that it's um. That's still going. It's still going. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, uh, do you think like it's because we've changed, or like because the music's changed? Um. I think in that case is that the music hadn't changed. Okay. It's almost as if they tried to re-record what they'd done seventeen years ago without. Yeah. And it's really hard for kind of you know, for bands with a history. Do you remember Slayer? Yeah. Because any time, um, they sort of released a new album, it was like, oh, you know. They're just sounding the same as they've always done. Yeah. And when they tried a few things that were different, everyone's like, oh, it's not Slayer. Yeah. Well, that's what's... It's like, okay, what do you do then? That's Metallica's problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Although, see, you know, like, I'm I'm always on their side. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant, you know, that they sort of try all these other things. Yeah. But that Lou Reed album's mental, isn't it? I've I've heard a couple of tracks and I kind of thought, I'm just not feeling this at all. Yeah. There's um, that bit where Hepford was going, I am a table. Yeah. I am a table. But I think that Load and Reload were always their best records they yeah, ever did. Yeah, absolutely. Even though that's like nearly 20 years ago probably. Yeah, well you find that. Yeah, like I, was, I was listening uh, to Cowboys from Hell the other day. And yeah. I was thinking, 
God. Um, I mean, is that 91 or something? Like, Yeah, probably. It's, it's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, Load and Reload get loads of, gets loads and loads of stick and still yeah. does. Well, it's the same as kind of Lars Ulrich's drum sound, right? You know, it's another one of those like bone and thumb contentions with me where it's become the thing to moan about. Yeah. Like his drum sound. Well, they also moan about his drum ability. But if you listen to his drumming yeah. now and to his drumming in 1981 or wherever yeah. it was, hasn't changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his drumming is pretty simple. Yeah. But he's very good at accenting the music with sort of very sharp snares and crashes. Yeah, yeah it's like people sort of expect some, yeah, real crazy sort, sort of, you know, drastic change. Yeah, I mean, the, tru- know, the trouble with Metallica is they're very old school, but modern music has moved on so much more. Like yeah. The level of, of ability from so many new metal bands far outweighs what, Metallica produce in yeah. sort of ter- terms of technical ability. Yeah. Let me say technically better, but... But also, you know, I mean... Sorry, I'm sort of, you know, standing on my lead. Um, who you are as a person in the band surely is more than what instrument you, like, play. Yeah. And it's weird that people sort of, like, limit them to that. So, you know, people go, oh, you know, he's not, like, a, the best drummer in the world, right? But what he, you know... As a collective, though, they wouldn't sound like how they do mm. if Lars wasn't in the band. Yeah. And if you watch that film, like Some Kind of Monster, you know, where they went through all that, like, therapy and stuff, have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, You know, like, if he hadn't have been the sort of driving force he was, there wouldn't even be a band anymore, mm-hmm. I don't think. And um, so it's so weird that people sort of, like, limit, you know, kind of how their view sort of, like, just to what they do in the band. Yeah. You know, as far as an instrument goes, I mean, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't realise that you know, um, just that kind of synergy that exists between four or five people in a band is actually yeah. really important. Yeah, I think if, if they change drummers, then they would sound different. And that's what's happened to Sled, isn't it? They yeah. change drummers and you can tell the difference. Yeah, absolutely. You see, I was always one of those ones that preferred Bostaff, though. Yeah. I know I'm outvoted, you know, uh, because for me, technically, he's a much better drummer. Yeah. You know, maybe he didn't have the same sound. But yeah, you know, I was a big Bostaff fan. Mm. Yeah. But as people just hang on to nostalgia almost. Yeah. People complain about Metallica not sounding yeah. like Master of Puppets. I mean, that was, what, 1986? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're exactly. not going to sound the same, are they? You know, but I mean, I think that says kind of more about them. And there's this weird thing. There is a saying about it uh, that says about, you know, um, you're sort of not accepting change and kind of new sort of cultural developments, you know. But like... It's so weird, and this has always seemed like an odd thing to me, where people um, moaned about how their parents were to them, you know, and how their parents, you know, kind of hated, like, uh, their music. Yeah. And they don't realise that all they're doing, like, is just repeating the same pattern. Yeah. And they think, you know, oh, but it's different, yeah, because our generation is different. Yeah. You know, but, like, they they thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like those people, like, have pretty much kind of become the thing they hated. Yeah. And I think, actually, that there, you know, there's some amazing music out there mm-hmm. at the minute. Yeah. And we had sort of like a joking conversation about it on Radio 1, I remember that, yeah. on um, Facebook once. You know, where I, you know, I sort of said something about, you know, like how it was they were, you know, speaking a language that I didn't understand or something. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you made kind of, you know, the perfectly valid point, you know, that, uh, you know, there is, there is amazing music out there, you know. Yeah. And you have to kind of keep it on your radar or else, you know, sort of, like you do, you know, start to disappear up your own ass a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think. It's, yeah, I think just it's, it's the simple thing of being open-minded, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. 
it's not a, hanging on to something that's so old and yeah. expecting to get the same thing over and over. You might as well, if you want Master of Puppets, pop on Master of Puppets. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> You've got it, you yeah. know, on tape and on CD, yeah, and on eight track or exactly. you know, something in your. If you don't cabin. like the new one, that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. Yeah, and isn't it weird that people seem more kind of vocal about things that they don't like? Yeah. Oh, I don't like this, but you know, and actually, sort of the thing that always annoys me is when you see people saying stuff like, "Oh, there's no good music out there these days." Yeah, and it, it, you know, honestly, like it just annoys me so much. I think it's harder to find stand out stuff just because there's too much choice yeah that's what we were saying earlier on yeah. I guess yeah um, but like I mean I think what we have to do more is we have to give stuff a chance more yeah like do you remember the days when we'd go over to HMV like on a Saturday yeah and we would kind of buy you know a tape yeah you... and it was like we didn't know what it was yeah and I bought Mr Bungle if you'd like to remember rightly mm-hmm. and like I was obsessed with that tape yeah it was mental and, you know, like, you know, I bought it because I think it got like 10 out of 10 in Metal Hammer. Yeah. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Then I did. And, you know, like at first I was like, do I like this? I don't know. But then, yeah. I, yeah. You know, but I mean, I wouldn't do that now probably. No. I don't think I would buy something based on its cover. Yeah. Because you'd probably go onto Spotify and look it up first and see what you're thinking. Yeah. And almost researching every single purchase you do. Do we not give stuff enough time, Scott Chalmers? Uh, probably. Yeah. Some albums take a few goes to get into. Yeah. Some albums I really don't get into it at all. But I feel that I'm like a grower as far as personality goes. You know. You know. I'm not like I'm not like Ed Sheeran. I'm more Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> I find Rufus stuff quite challenging. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Free <laughs> point. I've. I've won. I have had. <laughs> I've always struggled to get into him. And I think it's his vocal style that's it's very unusual. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, uh, I played him out to Colin. Like, yeah. have, I, have I explained um, Colin to you? No. So he's one of my um, drum students, and he's I think he's got to be about uh, 70 now. Yeah. And I just kind of love him. You know, he's a really lovely guy, and uh, he plays in his church band. Yeah. Um, and every year at um, Christmas, you know, I sort of, like, go, go to his um, carol concert, and I watch him, you know, kind of drumming, you know, and every now and again, he'll sort of clock me in the audience. And when he sees me, you know, like, he'll be playing, I don't know, Come All You Faithful. Like, and he'll just do this kind of outrageous drum <laughs> you know. And I'm going to get him out to do a stick trick. I tried this year. Yeah. And he didn't, you know. But, like, if he actually, you know, does a stick trick at a Christmas carol sort concert, of Tommy Lee. Yeah, like, like that. You yeah. Know, I I could just die out. hang him from the ceiling and upside yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sort of come, come out into the audience. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I played him, Mass and Rufus. Yeah. You know, like, you know. And he didn't like his voice at all. No. Almost instantly he was like, oh no. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's, I don't know, is it vibrato he uses a lot? Yeah, and it's just, um, because lots of people say that um, his kind of tone is a little bit similar to Tom York. Right. Uh, And I think when he goes like higher up, I can sort of see that a bit, you know, but, you know, I don't kind of really. I don't think I would ever compare him to Tom York. Yeah, yeah, so, you know. and I think it's because he often sings in a lower range, you know, so it's like a baritone voice. Yeah. And I think maybe I got sort of inspired by him at first. Because when I started singing and I was trying to find songs that I could do. Yeah. Because it was a slightly kind of like lower range. Yeah. I, you know, I found I could do his songs. Mm-hmm. So I think it was almost like it was like a joint 
sort of celebration, you know, of kind of finding out some music I really liked. Yeah. And then kind of being able to also uh, perform it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it kind of as my range increased, you know, it was sort of less of an issue. But uh, yeah. Um, um, so I don't know, like, if it's just that, but I just remember, like, when I first. Uh, I first heard him doing Hallelujah on Shrek. Yeah. And I really liked it. So I then sort of uh, put him into, like, Google, I think, or into iTunes, maybe. Yeah. And I heard this song that's called Oh, What a World. And I hadn't ever seen the guy. Yeah. So, you know, it, like his voice sounded like an older person, you know, yeah. kind of really sort of deep, you know. And then I kind of first saw him and I thought, this is weird. It's such like a disconnect, you know, like between how between how he sounds and this really quite small, you know, um, you know, hugely camp like fellow, isn't it? Yeah, and um, he's like, I've yeah. seen him in like flamboyant suits and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't go with the music at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I think that's kind of why I like him, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think you know because it's not obvious. I know that sounds you know like really pretentious. Yeah, but it's like I just like people that a their kind of personality is really kind of important. You know, so like if you like Rufus Wainwright, like you don't just like his music, I think there's something about him you really yeah. like. Um, you know, and again with like other podcasts, like I was saying earlier on, like with Joe Rogan, yeah. I really like the fact that you can't pigeonhole him. Like on sort of one level, he's like a meathead, but then, you know, like on the other, you know, like he often says really sort of, sort of a profound, you know, like he's really like well-read. Yeah. And I think I kind of like that, you know, where you can't easily go right he or she's this he or she's that yeah 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 so um yeah i really like that like a rufus wainwright mm. yeah I've, i find that with um tom waits mm. yeah so he's he's people tend to like tom waits like him as a personality yeah not just a singer yeah so when you see him in a film you get excited and yeah and he's in disguise and you suddenly see a, a sort of a trait or a twitch yeah oh that's i know yeah yeah yeah. i can see that so who would you rather be scott chalmers uh would you rather be an ed sheeran or would you rather be a tom waits tom waits yeah i think everyone wants to be tom waits don't they uh i mean i think if you said would you like to be tom waits i'd probably go yeah you know give it a go (laughs) but i think given that pairing i might go with sheeran yeah but on what basis? Uh, but given other ones, Uh because I think he, you know, he is kind of like way more authentic than people give him um, credit for. Yeah, yeah. And I well, think... Tom Waits isn't authentic at all because he's a character. Yeah, to yeah. an extent, and he plays almost different characters in his music. Yeah, well, I guess you know, like could be argued that with some some of like the early like Bowie stuff. Yeah, it's maybe. yeah, it's yeah. more almost performance art yeah. with music. But like. Oh, with Ed, I think for me, he sort of shot himself in a bit with some of those songs like Sing. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't really a fan of those ones. I say I'm shot myself in the foot. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's reeling from that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I think he's got, you know, like a lot of integrity. Yeah. Well, for someone who's, who's just a scruffy little kid with a guitar. Yeah. He's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Mark was telling me, um, you know, uh, Mark uh, Smut Smith. Yeah. That because uh, obviously he knows Mike really well, doesn't he? And Passenger, and I don't uh, know. yeah, yeah, and um, so I think when Passenger first went out on tour, or maybe went out on tour in Australia, he took Ed as his um, support slot. Yeah. 
So, you know, it was kind of passenger was the sort of draw. Yeah. And then you had this kind of like young lad with him. Yeah. And I think, you know, like that's when like a friendship started. And it's really nice, you know, like the, when he, you know, when Ed was then kind of sending out, you know, like Wembley. Yeah. You know, like he then got like passenger in to kind mm. of support for him. You know, so, you know, I think like it must be crazy to have had that sort of a trajectory. Yeah. It, it was and he's handled it well. Very steep tra- trajectory, isn't it? Yeah. I think it wasn't that long ago he was playing the joiners. Yeah. Um, I know it's probably what last seven years something like that. Yeah, because I remember Ben Walker, who was a photographer for the joiners at the time. Yeah, did portraits with him in the bar. Yeah, and, and that's when I was working as a photographer then. Yeah, so it was been the last eight nine years at the most. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. like Jay was telling me uh, on that same um, train journey um, that. Um, I think he either promoted or went to a gig. It was at, um, do you remember Hamptons? Yep. So I can't remember if it was Hamptons or if it, when it changed uh, to Guava, was it? I don't I ever knew it was Hamptons. Yeah, so um, um, they'd had, um, um, Adele was there. Yep. And there's video sort of like knocking about, basically her in Hamptons. I, th- I think that the photographs in the first album were shot at Hamptons. Yeah, which is crazy, yeah. isn't it? You know, like, you know, and sort of think of her trajectory. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit, you know, it's mental. Mm. And, um, you know, which is why people um, should support their grassroots scene. Absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. Go to gigs. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's so important. And I think what I find is weird about that is is everybody kind of um, supports people once they're successful. Yeah, you know, but they don't realise that it needs people to kind of support them when they're not. And I find that so weird. You know, even with sort of taking up an instrument, you know, like people will almost be like a little bit like, "Oh, I won't waste your time." Yeah. And then if that same person kind of becomes successful, like I always knew. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. it's, it's that weird thing when you you might say to someone, oh, "I'm going to see X, Y, Z tonight," and they go, "No road room." Yeah. <laughs> What's that got to do with it? Yeah. yeah. It's not like a hallmark of qualities you haven't heard of. Them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so especially kind of some of the people saying it. Yeah. You know, I've never heard of them. Yeah, but you haven't, you know, you've not heard of Metallica. Maybe. Exactly. Well, there's, yeah. there's some people who just don't seek out music at all. Yeah. Music is something that you flick on on the radio in the morning. You might leave your radio on all day. and Yeah. It's background noise to to your day. Mine certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I do find it strange that some people aren't fussed by music. Yeah. Um, and the, well, there's some people like that aren't fussed by stuff. True. I think which I find, you know, like you know, um, oh, battery in the GoPro's going. Oh no. Uh, should we keep going audio? Well, should we pause it? Okay, yeah, because uh, I can always plug that in actually. Yeah, let's pause it and then pause. We'll have pause a cup of tea. Zoom. Amazing. What's time? Cool. Okay, so uh, this is the um, one third way mark. <laughs> <laughs>